Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Lauren Dorman from A Color Bright. I'm Patrick Harrington from Mile Geeky in Boston. And today we are talking to Knut Melvar from Sanity.io. How did how did I, I do? You you did good. Well, I can't even pronounce Laravel, Laravel, so <laughs> So, God forbid, do me a favor, just once clearly say your name. Knut Melvar. Yeah, I did terrible. Yeah. Anyway, I can pronounce <laughs> sanity.io. Yeah. That's easy enough to pronounce, but what I really, you know, what is it? So, if you were out fly fishing in the Adirondacks on the Saranac River, and someone just kind of waded along up to you and said, hey, Knut, what is this sanity.io thing? Like, what would you tell them? Yeah, that's uh, actually that's a question I've asked myself many times. Uh, what would I say? Um, and depending on the person and their background, I would probably begin in a very like general end of things and talk about you got, how. You got two sentences. Look, we're standing in the middle of the river. Two we're sentences. Trying to catch fish. We're trying to catch fish. There's stuff going on. Give it to me short and sweet. <laughs> well, Sanity is a hosted backend for structured content. All right. Are you wiser? That's I am wiser. That was only one <laughs> sentence, so you got one more yeah. to spare. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I got to choose it wisely then. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it comes with this really awesome, powerful query language and a, a editor built in React that you can like customize yourself. So is it a CMS? So, yeah, well, you can use it as a CMS. We tend to think it more about it like a CMS toolkit mm. uh, because we, we, of course, want to be the next thing, right? CMS, that's the, that's the thing of the days of yore. That's the old stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but, yeah, you can manage content in, in Sanity. Well, I guess a, a better question a better question would be who are you targeting with this? Are you targeting developers are you targeting content authors? Are you targeting the clients that developers build stuff for? Like who 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 get who benefits from this tool? Who benefits from it? Well, I, I have to say everyone benefits from this tool, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we are talking mostly to developers, and you probably need to be a developer or at least an an aspiring developer to kind of get get started. And the reason we are doing that is. Because developers are the ones who are going to build whatever front-end or app or voice assistant thing that, that is going to use this content. So that's why we are like targeting developers. That sounds like a bit hostile to target developers. It's <laughs> uh, all right. We, we try to, to target market to, to developers. <laughs> well, okay. So from a overview level. So essentially the way that this thing works from what I understand, and I've toyed around with it a bit and I've been doing some reading and, and research on it. Um, but it looks like you essentially define what your data is going to look like using JSON. Is that right? It's actually J JavaScript. It's or even in JavaScript. Okay. Yeah. A JavaScript or JSON looking JavaScript, right? <laughs> and then you then build that and it kind of just appears in your local dev environment once you spin up. So essentially you can run the back end of this thing locally. And then you also have a remote, which is something that you folks host that it syncs that content with, right? Is that kind so, of like so, yeah. how so, it works? So this, is, this is very interesting. And we are working with making this clearer, but actually the content is always in the cloud. So, okay. so so when you like type the the terminal command uh, to install the npm package or the CLI, and you 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 type sanity init, what happens is that we actually are making the API like in the cloud, and mm. we are giving you a, a React project which is the editor, and what, what the editor does is to is just connect to the cloud API. Uh, so there are never any re like local content. It's just the the editorial environment that's local. So it's kind of we we define the schema locally, and then we can use the editor locally. But the data always lives in the cloud, right? Because yeah, I've correct. seen it; it syncs it, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a reason for this because everything in Sanity is actually real time. 
Mm. So it's like having a CMS. Uh, it's like having Google Docs just all over your CMS. <laughs> oh my god! So if I'm typing a blog, someone else could, in theory, log in and watch how terrible of a typist I am. Like they would actually yeah. see that coming through. That's kind of the point, right? <laughs> oh, I don't want them to see. Well, in this case, I don't want them to know. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be. Well, it depends on the the user privileges, of course. You could you could be having your own like uh, document path that were you were drafting in. But um, the point of being real time is well, it, you have the collaboration thing, but it's also for uh, like a really smart AI bot to collaborate with you on that content. Hmm. So a lot of people may be familiar with uh, pair programming and there even are, there are apps that let you write stuff together. So is this kind of like pair content editing? Yeah, you can say that. Or it could even be more than pair, right? It could be group or is it designed to be real time collaborative in that regard? Yeah, very much. So it's from the ground up, it's designed to be everything in real time and scalable and everything that you like the rich text and everything is like deeply typed and structured. So it, it makes it really easy to like um, make other kind of services that enrich and analyze and like collaborate uh, on the content. That's the, mm. like the idea. So when I'm editing stuff in the back end of this thing, I can see changes in real time. What about on the front end? Is that something that there's like a real time live preview of that on the front end as well? Yeah, so you can decide to build that. Um, we have examples like uh, on Code Sandbox and in the GitHub. But what you do is to set up something we call a listener. So that's a really easy thing to do, at least in JavaScript. It's like three lines of code. And that will listen for all the changes and uh, like publish them into your front end. So if you put that like in, um, if you're doing React and put that into the component that did mount a function, it will just push whatever change into the new state or or whatever. So so you can make very easily make like live preview uh, modes from from that. Now you've said React a few times. Yeah. If I if I don't know React, can I still use Sanity.io? Yeah, absolutely. So so we talked about developers, right? That we are like appealing to developers. Um, that's very much like in the Edels of, of sanity, but to to like build the CMS to build the content model, you are mostly just uh, ma- like typing JavaScript objects, following some conventions. And um, if you can do that, you can set it up and get going. And you can use PHP or Vue or uh, whatever like uh, against the API. Okay, so we're we're essentially designing a nice editor that we can spin up locally to a real-time API that we can connect to from whatever we want, right? Yeah, and and you don't you don't have to use the editor uh, either. You can just send like send java uh, or json of documents right to the backend and use it like like just as an API. Well, I know Patrick is really hot and bothered about Gatsby <laughs> these days. Yeah. Is is I heard is, about could, that. Could, could, it's could really fun, yeah. Could Gatsby be used with Sanity? There is. There's a actually I took a look. There's a Gatsby plugin for Sanity already. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That uh, that's really cool because uh, because we are like talking to a lot of developers. We we are we are building a developer community now. So we have like four hundred and something in our Slack since we started the summer uh, with the Slack community, and they build stuff like this source plugin. But what we, what we are actually working on right now is a new Gatsby source plugin. That will it will be very awesome and uh, yeah and we also are working on a GraphQL API layer so that's what I was going to ask you yeah. about next <laughs> so if I if I want to do a query yeah I need to learn something called Grok right yeah you should learn what it what is Grok <laughs> uh, so Grok I don't Grok what Grok is yeah <laughs> so we have like set us up set ourselves up for for easy punnage. I guess, but uh, but uh, Grok is um, it's it's short for um, graph-oriented query language, and it has it has some similarities to GraphQL, but it's kind of like the other way around. So when in, in GraphQL you would like define all the types and all the fields that you want, like in your response. Uh, in Grok, it's like you you begin with a star, which is all your documents. 
select star from table. And then you put on uh, something called a filter. So you, you have the square brackets, and then you can write like uh, type uh, is post and the uh, featured image is defined uh, so, or something like that to get only those documents that match that filter. Um, so first of all, Knut, I got to tell you, it should be grockle. Grockle. Right? <laughs> yeah, there should be an L on the end of that, all right? Because you even when you when you said it, you even said query language. Right? Yeah, I, I'll play that back to the uh, to the um, to the marketing <laughs> department. <laughs> but I, I want to get Lauren in here. So, Lauren, how do you feel about learning a new query language? Does that excite you? Um, it's it. I mean, it's a little bit. The syntax is a little bit different than GraphQL, but I would say that it it was sort of similar. So there were some. Some bits that seemed very similar when when trying to query it, but it, it's not super exciting to learn something that kind of only exists in one place. Um, you know, like it's it's it's. I think it's it's good news to hear that you all are thinking about or are working on currently implementing a GraphQL implementation of of querying because that. Uh, I mean, t- to be perfectly honest. It's more widely used, so yeah, it's it 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 is a bit of a, a hurdle just to kind of you know just learn the learn a new syntax for querying. But uh, it, it's not anything that is a showstopper, but appealing. It is more appealing if you bring in something like GraphQL, which is more widely known. Yeah, um, uh, that's 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 completely true. So we are not like. We're not asking people to like uh, grok to, to convert to the grok thing, uh, <laughs> but uh, what I've found so, so I've played a lot around with GraphQL and Gatsby lately, mm-hmm. uh, and what I found is that these two query languages serve slightly two kinds of purposes. So grok is great when you are not sure about your content model uh, mm. or what you what you actually want out of your documents. So it's it's like it's a real good query language for exploring and prototyping and and moving quickly and when you're like have decided on uh, what what your front end uh, component should have uh, from data and so on then you would go into like the graphql mode and and uh, like make it ready for production and that's how we like imagine that people kind of perhaps will use it but um, mm-hmm. grok is also what made it easy for us to make a GraphQL implementation because uh, it's really easy to like generate the, the queries that we need for, for that. Uh, so we will be supporting both and we are, we are huge, huge fans of uh, GraphQL as well. So, mm-hmm. so, so every, yeah, I saw a demo. I saw a demo of that and it was a prototype. Yeah. And I think, I think the demo was from back in June yeah. and, you know the the person giving the presentations you know said i hope it works and the whole thing worked <laughs> flawlessly but i know what it's like to code up a demo versus code up something that actually ships but the interesting thing to me from the way i understood that this whole thing works is that it actually translates the graphql query into grok yeah is that correct mm. that's correct interesting and and the other yeah. thing is that the graphql layer runs locally right so you can do all of that stuff locally like you're not going out over the wire to do that right yes sure so 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 what we are probably going to ship and it's very soon it's like just after new year's uh, is is that you can just type sanity graphql deploy Mm. and it it will compile this like api app and and uh, deploy it to the sanity cloud and then you will have uh, like the GraphQL playground and all that. Uh, you know what? And, I, and that, I was, I'm sorry. I, I was about yeah. to mention something that I think that one of the most awesome things about GraphQL, at least from my perspective, is the GraphQL playground because it makes it so easy to play around and to get autocomplete and to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And how, how cool would it be? And, and yeah. so on. Yeah. Can you extend that so that when you're playing around with it, you see the the Grok translation of what you're doing? Uh, maybe everything is possible. <laughs> it's not something we have thought a lot about doing. Uh, well, because but, but it would be yeah. so cool from the perspective of learning it, right? So let's say I already know that GraphQL. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of people already know GraphQL compared to Grok. I mean, it's just reality. It's kind of the way it is. 
And I saw during the demo where they would they would type up a, a GraphQL query and it would spit out what the resulting Grok translation of that was. How cool would it be to see that in real time? Like I would love to see that because that would that would help me learn uh, what it's doing under the hood, and then also would kind of if I already know GraphQL, it would help me learn Grok. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I yeah. just thought that would be yeah. a really neat thing. So it's it's perhaps um it's kind of easy for me to say now, but actually, I'd, Grok isn't that hard to learn, like because you can do it very incre- incrementally. Uh, so you can make this really like simple queries, which still will give you a lot of use. And then you can go into the more uh, advanced stuff. But, but sure, uh, and um, what we are planning to do is to also give you this GraphQL uh, API as like this local app bundle, as, as we said in the, in, at the meetup. And then you will be able to, to go into that and see how the queries are laid out. And for example, combine that API with, with some other API you have or host it yourself and, and stuff like that. So, so yeah, certainly. So Canute, are you, are you committing, are you saying on air that it's going to have the live preview in the, in the GUI? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not confirming nor denying. No. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a new, it's a new idea. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it back to the developer team. <laughs> All right, folks, you heard it. It'll be shipping next week. No worries. <laughs> oh, they are going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Lauren, you mentioned that you have used Sanity a decent bit. So what are, what are the questions you have brought to the table here? I guess a lot of the, the, the questions I have are sort of surrounding basically what it would look like if if you if someone was able to self-host not the not the content but is is there any plans to potentially make the back end and the database self like could it be self-hosted a lot of people are pretty keen on owning their own data rather than mm. having it live somewhere somewhere else uh, is that a plan for the future or is is it something that is strictly locked yeah so uh, you do not simply uh, host real-time graph-based uh, 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 document store that scales to a lot of documents. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so no, we will not plan. We have not no plans to like release the backend part of this. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, you are still in control of all your content. It's it's right there, and it's extremely easy to like export and take with you wherever okay. you want it. Okay. Um, so well, hold on, Canute. Yeah. Hold on. So Bear, a huge multinational company, comes to you and says, hey, we love what you're doing, but and we want to adopt it company-wide, but we have to host our own stuff. If they back up the money truck, you're going to say no? So we are moving to territory like uh, where I'm, <laughs> I'm not completely like uh, comfortable with with selling too much but um, what what we would say and what we have said is that we are looking at uh, doing something called managing uh, manage so we can host we can host it in your cloud but we will be managing it mm. okay yeah, okay if that makes sense so, now okay. now I feel I have to flag that um, because now you you like backed me into the corner like yeah, can you <laughs> post? It's not the first time I have that answer. But of course. <laughs> everything else, everything that we can, we are doing open source. So all the editor stuff, all the tooling, everything is like there on, on the GitHubs. So so we, we are not like uh, closed source fanatics or, or uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. I get it. Yeah. And so, you know, just to back up a little bit, I guess, it, I have seen an article that you wrote called 20 principles for craft CMS. Yeah. So it's really useful because a, a decent number of people from the uh, community, the craft CMS community, listen to the podcast. You have experience with, with craft CMS. Like how would you compare and contrast them in terms of, you know, what are the, what are some of the similarities and some of the differences and when might, when might you use one, uh, when might you use Craft CMS, and when might Sanity be a better choice? Yes. So, so my background is like I've done a lot of development uh, in the CMS that shall not be named, 
uh, <laughs> and like in is it is it owned by a marketing company now <laughs> an artificial intelligence marketing company um, <laughs> and it i think it was 2015 i i was um I was introduced to craft and it was like uh, a, a, a glass of ice water in hell or something. Yeah, it was this kind of revelation that some, a CMS could actually be kind of good, uh, right. kind of great, right? And right. A, a big reason for that is that craft comes with uh, little assumptions about your content model, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so working as a consultant in a web agency, that was great to like be able to like decide how things should be. And um, uh, the web agency I worked at, um, called NetLife, by the way, they had this like methodology of the core model where everything was like finding what's the core content that does the job and mm. try and like build around that. And craft were pretty great for doing exactly that. And uh, and you can like make the labels and descriptions in the editor and, uh, and all that stuff. So what craft actually did for me is was to prepare me for, for the headless age, right? Mm. Because you we were thinking more about the content modeling and less about how, uh, like the posts and pages should render in, in, in the front end. And you can yeah, think about your data and then yeah, exactly how and where it ends up getting rendered should be a separate conversation. And right? it had, had a matrix field that was great because that, that made you more in control of uh, like how the front end and the layout should like work. Uh, so it was, it was kind of not that far of a jump to go from component driven development in twig to something like like react actually mm-hmm. was, yeah sure um so so in terms of that i think craft has a lot of stuff in it that makes it easy for developers who are used to craft to to try the the more api based headless stuff and right. I, I keep seeing that craft is moving in that direction as well but that being said it seems that you would mostly use craft whenever you need a, a web page or a website. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at the point where you are going beyond that website, or, or perhaps by having multiple websites, or I know you can do multiple websites in craft, or, uh, or uh, you have some other services and stuff like that that you want to have the same, uh, where you want to reuse the content then you would look at something called uh, like sanity or if you if you have some kind of uh, legacy back office system that is supposed to sync some uh, important canonical data to your content and you don't want locking uh, merge conflicts and stuff like that then you also would use something like sanity because that's real time so there will be no document locking and you can do deep patches into the documents or the real uh, rich text actually uh, and stuff like that. So when you're moving into territory where we have slightly more advanced needs or uh, or a different kind of content uh, universe, then I think these two would start to differentiate. And what about the content authoring experience? So the, the backend for Sanity is something that you know it can spin up and it, it looks really neat and it it kind of very much reflects the I know it's not JSON but the 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 JavaScript hierarchy for in which you define the schema. But can it be? Is it is it friendly enough that I could uh, you know the the average client that I might have when I'm developing a website for them w- would it be reasonable to unleash them on the the content that's there? Yes, so so the, the idea here is to to make it easy for developers to make a user friendly editor for their authors and not having to sacrifice the control of the data model. So, so Sanity started as a specific SMS for a really large or, or a, um, like a, a known uh, architecture firm called OMA. Uh, they have like, I think they have like China as a, as a customer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and they had a lot of content and uh, a lot of documentation for all the projects and stuff like that. So um, uh, the team behind Sanity made Sanity for that purpose, kind of expecting that some something else should come along, and it never did. So they decided to like make this a product and 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 uh, and like become a product startup company and uh, what what was my point <laughs> yeah the, the idea is they, they were asked if they are if they will be coming like to the office to to have like uh, uh, seminars and on how to use it and stuff like that uh, and they said that well can't have you tried it can't you just log in and try it and get back to us if something doesn't make sense i think the response were oh i see <laughs> So the point is that your editor sh- shouldn't have have to need to like learn something. It should be like Google Docs. You don't need a manual to use Google Docs. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So so the back end is intended for end users, non-technical people very much uh, to be able to jump in there and do stuff with, right? What I found kind of nice when I was working with Sanity as a like consultant was that I I could I can have a workshop with uh, the the content editor, and we can sit together f- in front of the laptop, and I can like type the content model very quickly, mm-hmm. and it it mm-hmm. will like do hot module replacing in the browser, and we can sort of talk about how things should uh, look and work and, and be structured. So I also think that Sanity is geared towards interdisciplinary work, um, like that. Hmm. And yeah, yeah th- this reminds me of like a so a term that's been bandied about has been content management framework. Yeah, right. It's something that is a framework that kind of lets you build uh, the the content manager. And a lot of what I'm I'm seeing is it it actually kind of reminds me of Laravel. Sorry, Laravel in conjunction with with Laravel Nova. Right, which is the the goal of that. So you basically you do your you do your modeling and your queries and you do all that in Laravel, and then you can build the actual admin panel UI using Nova. It's it sounds kind of sort of similar to that in a way. Yeah, I kind of left the PHP world, so yeah, I, I, I should check that out. But uh, yeah, probably maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I wonder. I, I mean, I have a little local setup here with with a sanity studio and playing around and it's it's pretty cool the way that as you make content changes you can literally see it's you know doing a live update just the way you would with a google doc but is that a turnoff or is that a liability for some people where yeah the fact that you know i i have the little uh like the movie screening um starter little template up and you know as soon as i remove a movie from like this screening object it's gone. Like the thumbnail goes away. Everything just goes away. And, you know, I, I've probably broken something if I had any kind of upstream application with that. Is that a problem where it's literally, it's changing things on the fly and it's updating data um, in a very nuanced way rather than, rather than allowing you to make a whole bunch of changes and then push them all at once when they're ready to go? Yeah. So now, now we're moving into like how, how it is to work with like a headless CMS. And mm-hmm. I think there are a couple of questions um, that aren't really answered yet because mm-hmm. we are kind of exploring how should this actually work. That being said, when you are doing changes in like the editor, you you are able, they, they will, the, unless you have like live edit mode uh, true, they won't be like reflected in the public API before you actually Got publish it. it. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a publish button. Yeah, um, I see. Okay. And you can also, All right. Like unpublish. And what happens in the back end is, is everything is patch base based. So every change that you do is actually recorded. And next year you will be able to to see all the revisions. To like, does it use Git for the 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 diff or anything like that, or, no. or how does that work, or is it custom? It's okay. it's custom. It's it's very boring technology, but put together in a very exciting way. <laughs> so proprietary handmade <laughs> Norwegian technology, but but uh, but yes. So you aren't losing anything actually. So um, mm. yeah. Does it support undo? It supports undo. Yeah. So there you go, Patrick. You All delete right. the movie. Either either hit undo, but, or just don't publish. But, but, but what you're 
pointing on Patrick is actually a valid point because you could just delete a, a movie document and um, there could be some kind of app in the world that depended on that document existing. So I, I wrote an article in, in Smashing Magazine about how to work with headless projects. And so people that make headless CMSs, they have like this platonic idea of the pure content model should be completely agnostic from presentation and stuff like that. But I kind of suspect that you have you have to have some kind of concept of presentation in your CMS, but you could have that as like a separate document and you can make a reference. So if you're making a reference in Sanity, you can't actually delete the document without getting a warning. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if you like make a menu type, and you make references in that menu to, to to the documents that you want to like, like the page document or whatever. Then you wouldn't be able to delete the page document because it had a like a menu document pointing to it. And do we have fine grained permissions so that certain users can't delete? Oh, so fine grained. <laughs> so fine grained. Tell me how fine grained yeah, is because, it per character? Uh, <laughs> because because we have this grok thing, right? And in the grok thing, we have the concept of a filter. Grockle. Grockle, okay. Um, <laughs> now, actually, now it's a grok thing. <laughs> you have okay, grok, grok thing. And can, you can have those filters as the permission settings. So you can say a thing that uh, for this group, they should be able to update documents that are of the type posts that have the title field filled out, but uh, have not a featured image set. So you, you can go pretty bananas with the permission system if you want to yeah and so this would be on us when we're modeling the app to kind of client proof things from the point of view of we have reasonable permissions so that the only person that can delete stuff that would be traumatic <laughs> would be like an admin type yeah. user right but, but, but another thing with this is that sort of content studio it's just a react app and mm. You can have as many content studios as you want with different uh, like uh, settings. So you can have one studio where you have the schemas for the posts and just the posts. So those who log in would just be able to see those. And another one with all the stuff uh, and so on. So oh, so that's interesting. Yeah. So so sanity really we can we yeah we can think of it as a a way to model our content, but also as a factory for kind of custom. Per, custom built to purpose CMS ish interfaces, right? Yeah, and so, so where I like had to so a month ago, I was deploying like nine studios on Netlify with different mm -hmm. configurations depending on the environment variable, mm -hmm. and I did that in like an hour, as it was the the most normal thing in the world to do. And then I actually had to think that I now deployed nine different studios from Git on Netlify. Uh, had, had I tried to do that with Craft, I would have been spending a lot of more time, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the, uh, only, yeah. the only really reasonable way to do that would be if you had separate front-end forms or something yeah. with permissions based on them or, or something like that. Yeah, no, totally. So, I mean, that's really interesting to me because then you could build... One of the things about a general purpose CMS is that it's, it's great in that you can do whatever you want with it, but sometimes the end user or the end client can be a little overwhelmed because like everything is there, Yeah, you know? Um, so that's really cool that you can deploy something that is kind of custom for just the needs of this particular person or this particular group or this division or, or whatever it ends up being. That's really, really neat. So now, because Sanity is essentially a uh, a data source, do you have any any helpers for integrating this with like Android and iOS apps and desktop apps, or is that something where right, do you have toolkits for connecting to that type of thing? Yeah, we have. So, so the APIs they are just like boring HTTP APIs, and uh, for to, for reading, you you send us these uh, Grockle. Uh, queries. <laughs> there you go. I'm convert you yet? Uh, and to write, you we have a, a a patch like a patch system. But we also have made like uh, there of of course a, a JavaScript client for it. There's a PHP client for it. We actually had a, a user making a full featured 
.NET client for it. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 mind-blowing. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, what? I think there are some other stuff as well. And we also have tooling for like uh, rendering the rich text thing in React or Vue or, uh, or HyperScript uh, or even Silex or Trig, I think. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of tooling going going around. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that is, that is really neat that you're really seeing yourself as a universal data provider. And then, then, then you can just build out these kind of custom portals where people can access it and, and get to the, the data that they need. Um, but you mentioned something that I, I want to touch on is that you've got this thing called portable text. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> One of the ideas from the start was that... So, it seems that, like, until recently at least, that every CMS, they had all these fields and data types. And when it came to rich text, it's always HTML or Markdown. And right. that's understandable if what the CMS do is to just put the HTML on, on the web page. But if you are going to use uh, a hot framework like React or Vue, or, or uh, have it in Alexa or to- internet connected toaster. Uh, I don't know. It it kind of sucks to to parse HTML. And what we also wanted is to the rich text to actually be queryable, to be typed, and to be able to embed rich data structures uh, on on top of the rich text. Uh, so portable text is kind of the answer for that. It's not meant for uh, author to write. Because it's, it's it's these like JSON objects, um, but it's a, a neat specification for a, a WYSIWYG editor to to like render rich text in, and it's really easy to uh, serialize into whatever markup or uh, or format you you want it in. So it's kind of a neutral format to store the formatted text, and one of the ways that you could render it out would be HTML. Yeah, exactly. And the way it works in, in Sanity is that if you you can like make a, a footnote annotation. So you can mark some text in the text editor and you can have this box with the footnote. You can even have the rich text in the footnote. And in the footnote rich text, you can have an internal link that sets up a reference to another document. And uh, we will index that and we will know that in this footnote there's a reference to the document so don't you, you shouldn't be able to delete that document so stuff like that mm, makes cool. it easy right uh, and we can also query for um, for uh, all the rich text objects that uh, references that document uh, and stuff like that slight tangent but this reminds me of something that i stumbled upon last night called cool ql yeah so anyone that. Here heard of that? <laughs> no how crazy is that so this is a everyone's familiar with uh, scraping web pages right Mm-hmm. There are various tools for various platforms that you can. Oh, I did see this. You can get, you can get the DOM back, and, and and you can parse it, and you know look through it, and scrape it, and do that kind of fun stuff with it. Cool QL lets you use GraphQL <laughs> to scrape a web page. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that the GraphQL folks that that was the what they intended, <laughs> but uh, oh, it's pretty. It's of pretty course awesome. not. <laughs> But, but, you know, and, and Mark Hewitt and I have been doing horrible things with Twig where we've been like executing Twig in PHP and he and then he put closures in there and I'm sorry, yeah, executing PHP in Twig and then he wanted to put closures in there and he's just doing all sorts of horrible things. And then he pointed out to me that there is also a closure in GraphQL like package out there. So, I mean, the developers are going to do horrible things just to see if they can do them, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it kind of reminds me of, of CoolQL from the point of view of, well, hey, here's your blob of rich text, but now you can query it, right? Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it still blows my mind. Uh, I mean, what was it, a week ago, I think, was the Gutenberg release with WordPress. And they took a slightly different approach to how to structure uh, page content, which is that they just use HTML comments for everything. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. yeah people it, it, have been really uh, happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, we need some discussion at some point on Gutenberg, but it's the strangest thing. I, I couldn't believe it until I literally looked into the posts table. I think on you, a, yeah. yeah, I think you showed me the link. Yeah, and you, yeah. you mentioned something, and I'm like, no. It's like, Patrick, all HTML comments. 
I'm like, Patrick misunderstood that. There's no way, no way anyone would do something like that. And then I look at it, I'm like, holy crap. A third of the internet will soon be, or whatever it is, <laughs> structured in HTML comments. Yeah. Well, well can, yeah. Can you, how do you feel about, I mean, I think using HTML comments is superior to structured JSON. What do you think? Uh, that's funny because, oh. um, <laughs> so, so, so we like... I don't know if, if we really can say that we open sourced the specification, but we we made the specification and we put it on the GitHub and it's there right. for anyone to use if they want. And it it, it ended ended up on on Hacker News, uh, uh-huh. and um, that's also always a mixed thing because of course you have a lot of people uh, starring in the GitHub repo and, and uh, like upvoting, but then you have the comments. Uh, <laughs> uh, we learned about this thing called uh, XML, um, which is uh, supposedly <laughs> superior to to the most formats. Um, XML, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, is uh, that new? Or I think this this uh, it's probably some new JavaScript thing, uh, right? No, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, people pointed out that you could do this kind of thing in XML, and of course they are completely correct, but. Uh, it seems like Jason kind of won. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how XML was born, right? I mean, I, I don't know the complete history of it, but my understanding was like that's kind of what it was for. Yeah. You know, like back back in the day, they had um, God, what was it like WordStar or something like that? There's some old DOS word processor that like everyone used. And I think it, I probably have this totally wrong, but I think it was like IBM or someone that came up with using XML as a way to, to structure content like this. And I mean, you're, you're right that you could use XML to do that, but what are the advantages of, of using JSON? Tell us. So the advantage is that our users don't have to, to parse XML. I have so I made this um, sanity to to podcast feed thing so you can actually host a podcast in sanity and uh, and that of course translates the data structure to RSS which is XML and I also had to make a thing that took that could read an RSS feed and turn it into like sanity structured data uh, to like import uh, a podcast feed and stuff like, stuff like that and it was kind of a hassle because I think you can express almost any data structure in XML in at least four ways, it seems. Uh, so it's it's kind of unpredictable. And the weird thing where we can have arrays, multiple arrays at the same like root level. So it, it, it doesn't really parse with the JavaScript uh, way of thinking, at least. Well, and also you, you gain some coherency, yeah. right? Because that... You're already using a JSON-ish way of defining your schema, and now you've just got another queryable JSON-ish or actual JSON that stores the rich text. So it makes, I mean, that part of it makes complete sense to me. I I do have, you know, there are a number of other CMS as a service uh, type things out there. There's Dotto CMS, there's Contentful, and uh, what, oh, Keystone JS is another one. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that are kind of, in this space and i'm wondering like what do you how do you feel that sanity is differentiated from some of these folks yeah so so the obvious um obvious one is that we are real time um mm. none of the others are real time right like it or not it, it's the grockle <laughs> <laughs> grockle uh, it's the, catchy. like you have this graph oriented data structure backend mm-hmm. So you, some of the CMSs, of course, have GraphQL layer, but uh, I think ours is it's sort of more powerful. You can do more stuff with it. You're not allowed to say that till it ships, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, if if you want, if you go to our GitHub rep, GitHub organization page uh, and and find something called the uh, the structured content startup starter kit, uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's a secret way to get in on in on the GraphQL beta. <laughs> Ooh, nice. You heard it here first. Well, you know, one way that I think that they're different, and this could be in part that I just don't know enough about them, but one of the things that has bothered me about a lot of these kind of CMS as a service is that they're not particularly extensible. 
from the point of view of if Contentful doesn't provide you something that you want, it's pretty difficult to add it. Yes, they recently, I'm pretty sure it's Contentful, that introduced um, the ability to have plugins. And what they're calling plugins are essentially just custom fields. But, you know, me as someone who wrote like SEOmatic for Craft CMS, mm. right? If I wanted to implement that nice SEO tool that would take care of doing all the SEO metadata stuff and give a really nice preview to people, like I can't do that in these other CMSs. However, in Sanity, it looks like I could, right? Because it's just, it's a React app and I can add whatever the hell I yeah, want so, to so it. So that's, right? that's like the, the last of all the differences that's that's one of the the most important ones because yeah it's huge um the other most of the other headless CMSs they are uh, doing their stuff in their like web web based editor thing that they control mm -hmm. uh, we are just giving you the editor and all the source code right. and we also have built it to be extends extended and customized and, and stuff like that so what if if you like peek into it uh, actually you can see that you can actually like switch out different parts of it with your own thing uh, it's it's pretty wild but um uh, well, that's yeah. a really like one of the videos that i was watching that was super compelling was just showing how to spin sanity up and you know they went through modeling the data and they're like okay let's add an editor to it and then they you know you just did a, i think it was M, uh, it was yarn ad or whatever pulled it down, start serving it again, and boom, the studio thing was there. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is super extensible. So if, 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 you, if you don't want the superpowers of portable text, right, and, and you just want to use good old Markdown, uh, you just type sanity install Markdown, and you, you just use Markdown as a type for a field, and then you have a Markdown editor. So it's, it's stuff like that. Today, actually, we, we shipped a, a huge upgrade to the rich text editor, which lets you customize all the styling in it. Uh, you can make your own toolbar icons, and it's just React. You can actually also tap into the paste handling. So when I wrote the documentation, wow. I wrote a thing where you can, like, if you take some HTML and we have like this code block uh, in the HTML, it will parse that into the custom code input type when you paste it into the, uh, to the rich text field. So it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. I, I, I look forward to see what people will do with it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're trying to make all this kind of stuff that we imagine people well, can uh, have use for. Well, I mean, and to me as a, programmer like that is just freaking awesome right i love the fact that you're like okay here's sanity studio and it's just an app like you can add whatever the heck you want to it right i mean i think that's pretty wild so in theory a third-party developer could come up with a package publish it and then other people could just add it you know let's let's say i wrote like sane saneomatic <laughs> Right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, you know, sane, sane SEO or whatever, should. and I pu published it. Like everyone else could just suck it down into their project if yeah, they want. Just publish right? it on npm. Uh, so, so if you call your npm package sanity dash plugin dash something, that will make it available as a plugin, so people can just right. type sanity install something and get it down. I, I'm excited because this has been one of my biggest resistances to some of these content or, you know, CMS as a service or whatever you want to call them is that you kind of get what you get. You know I mean? There, there, there is a little bit of customization, but at least from what I have seen and, and Lauren, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you have far more experience with these than I do, but you can't do anything as deeply as it looks like you can do it in sanity. Right. Yeah. yeah you're fairly limited. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, most of them are pretty restrictive of the ones that I've used. And I would say that so far from using Sanity, it's the most flexible in how you can, one, customize the, the editor for content editors or whoever is using it. Um, and also, yeah, the ability to, to structure the, the data exactly how, how you want to use it, basically. So it is um, very developer-friendly. 
but on on the other end, it, it does make it uh, unapproachable for others. But as as far as developers, it will make it will make us all very happy, uh, which which is you know um, good good for us. But um, I also am wondering, you know, like what what uh, that would look like for someone who who wants to get off the ground with it with without that experience. Yeah. Uh, so. We are working on some stuff that will make it easier to get started, uh, especially because people aren't that used with the the whole API uh, headless model yet. Yeah. So no, they will be though. Like this is this is where everything. Yeah, it going. is, and you have the yeah and Jamstack thing and and all that. So it's getting there. But what we have seen from doing user testing uh, and doing user testing on developers are. That's an interesting uh, like exercise, but um, I'm sure. it's, it's kind of hard to grasp, to have the mental model of what happens because you're downloading a thing and there's some syncing going on uh, and so on. So, so we are working with making this a bit clearer and making it a bit easier to like get started with uh, like a front end uh, or something. Uh, so the aforementioned structured content startup starter kit thing is is kind of a prototype of of uh, giving you a monorepo with the sanity studio and a gatsby front end and uh, actually a, a voice assistant uh, integration so <laughs> nice yeah now let me ask you a question since this is just a react app could i in theory use react native with it and just build something that runs natively on uh, you know an ios or android device uh, yeah, so we have a React Native uh, front-end example. So, sure. So those little tablets, they, they, so a use case, right? Yeah. Anyone who's ever been to an Apple store, you go to an Apple store, they say, who are you? And they, you know, they tap a bunch of things on their tablet. I mean, that sounds like it could be just a native app written using the Sanity's backend that you know they're just modifying a a single data store somewhere and everyone yeah. can collaborate with it in real yeah, time. Yeah, so it, right? it kind of, it's kind of similar to, to Firebase in, in that regard. Uh, and people are using it f- to, to make apps uh, and backends uh, for apps like that. Yeah. I think one of our developers made a, like a beer festival app where, of course <laughs> he did. where people could rate the beers and we have a real-time updates and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I think they did that in React Native. Uh, yeah, that is really really nifty. I mean, I love I love the idea of, and I I understand like this isn't this isn't necessarily for for everyone, right? I mean, you're going to need to want to be the or, or working on projects that require some amount of pretty custom development for it to make sense. But someone could also build out stuff like because of how flexible it sounds like it is, they could build out like a scaffolding just to get people up to speed really quick. And right? we have, we have uh, users that actually have made, they've made this CLI tool that spins up a mm-hmm. new project and loads in uh, schemas depending on some uh, selections. And what you end up with is uh, actually a, a page builder thing. <laughs> Uh, oh, nice. okay. So yeah, you can do stuff like that. Um, I think this. Well, that was my next question. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. That was my next question. Is you talked earlier about craft and the matrix block? Is there anything like that in Sanity where you can have a logically grouped set of fields that you can then replicate and repeat? Yes. Yeah, so, so we we talked about portable text, right? And portable text, it's just an array with blocks, and some of those blocks can be uh, like your paragraph block and some other block could be some custom block of consisting of whatever fields you want so it's it's i have nightmares about yeah, it, giving people of a, a, a WYSIWYG field though i mean yeah i really have nightmares but, about that but i think we have like solved that problem because the editors are given the WYSIWYG fields that they want to to actually work in and they don't have to learn right. Markdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happens back is that they are making structured content that you define how it should look. So nothing is yeah, like so- nothing that you don't let them do. Uh, they are able to do. 
<laughs> That's true. So you could you could theoretically like make a, a decorator for say an H one tag and actually make it an H two. Yeah. Because because you're able to actually specify exactly what it is that you want the element to be, and it doesn't have to be an HTML block; it could be any yeah. block, correct? Uh, so people have used Sanity for for making a pizza recipe book and mm-hmm. like translating. Uh, here, uh, this is a good XML story. So they are translating the portable text thing into InDesign XML. So Whoa. they're able okay. to just okay. import all the content to InDesign and then do like the typesetting uh, and, and make a pizza recipe book. Uh, so you can do stuff like that. Cool. So, so you could, yeah, build pretty much anything. Any You can have it output any any markup. It, it doesn't have to be yeah. HTML. It could be it could be a React component uh, that already exists or something like this. If you're actually just outputting what the tag is, you can, on the front end, render it however you like. Yeah, that's completely correct. And I tried to test like what you can do with it. I made a, a speech synthesis editor because um, there is this there there are actually a standard for like speech synthesis uh, called mm-hmm. SSML and they have their own tags for like uh, everyone has their own markup yeah, language right <laughs> but, but like uh, if you should say something strongly or whisper it uh, and stuff like that so what i made was like a uh, editor for that kind of uh, use using decorators and annotations I could also I could then use the HTML serializer to just translate that into the SSML tags and ship it to the Google text to speech and have it speak like how I wanted it to speak. So Patrick, you would know what this thing is called. Isn't there some YouTube thing where people like just talk quietly to each other or something? <laughs> what is what, what is that called? Yeah. ASMR. <laughs> Yeah, ASMR. So, so, so you could write an ASMR <laughs> plugin for this. Yeah, right? you could actually do that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what have we done, Knut? What have we done? <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, with that. I'm that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. but can you have something that is like a matrix though like is repeating let's say you do have something that you don't want just a rich text field you actually do have this thing that you want repeated and it doesn't make sense for it to be in its own section yeah is there a way that you can have like a container with fields that can then repeat is that a thing so what you would do is to make an array type okay yeah and then you will just fill the like put in whatever types you wanted and leave the mm-hmm. block type out of it because it's a block type. If you put a block into an array, that will like produce the editor mm. unless you override that. But uh, if you keep the block out of it, it will be very similar to the matrix field. And there's like a little plus button to add another sure. one of those things yeah. or whatever. Or yeah. It's, it's yeah, add, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That is really neat. Lauren, what do you think? I think I mean I think it sounds really cool. I I I I'm really intrigued by it and I I I'd like to tour around with it a bit more. I got to admit, the one thing that I'm bummed about is that I've invested a lot more time learning Vue than I have learning React. <laughs> and I'm kind of sad about that from the perspective of this sounds really really neat. Really really Yeah. Neat. Uh, so so we have one of our most active users are actually a, a Vue developer. Uh, and he actually he is the one who made the view like the portable text to view thing mm. <laughs> and, and he was like i really need a table editor uh because for some reason people always want to make tables uh, yeah. <laughs> uh and if you're like me some I, companies live or die yeah, by itself um, you know but uh, and he said i'm not i'm not really that into react but uh, i will give it a like a try and like a weekend after he shifts like a plugin for making tables in sanity which is pretty nice so yes there are some react development you have to do if you are going to make custom stuff but the nice thing is that you don't have Mm -hmm. to worry that much about state management because the state like the content is just passed down to the plugin as a prop because that 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 is like the backend, uh, real time backend. So you don't have to like bother with Redux and and all that stuff. So you so you're just making yeah. like plugins that take in the data, and of course you have to do some patching that you have to learn. 
but uh, that's pretty much I think the most the barrier. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was talking to Paulo about this uh, the other day. Paulo Elias uh, or Elias. I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry. And he was basically saying, well, look, I mean, you you already know and understand. 80 to 90% of what you need to know because it's more a mental state in terms of how everything works in these things. And if you wanted to get up to speed with React, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But the other interesting thing to me is that I I can use Sanity, right? And I can use whatever I want on the front end. If I want to use Vue on the front end, I can do that. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, it's only when it gets into actually customizing the back end, which I may or may not need to do depending on the project, that I would need to delve into into React, right? Yeah, I played with the thought of like trying to do view stuff in like the editor because you can make like the dashboard. We just give you the blank slate and you can load whatever you want into it. Yep. But but yeah, React kind of made makes sense for us uh, because yeah. it is a complex app uh, after all. So yeah. No, I think it totally makes sense. Hey, this has been fantastic, Knut. And uh, I, I just want to see if uh, Patrick, what do you think, man? Are you think you might be considering tying your Gatsby stuff into into Sanity if you're diving into uh, the React world? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was really pleasantly surprised by how quickly, I mean, it, it just like on the homepage, it's one line of uh, an NPM install and you've got something up and running to start creating content. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I always like to take a wait and see approach and see where things go. I, I still like using craft CMS for headless, but I think this is a really interesting way to do it. It gives you some great distribution. Yeah, it, it's got a lot to offer. And I mean, Grockle, who who doesn't <laughs> want to learn another query language? So <laughs> uh, uh, We haven't even well, touched on the like the image uh, pipeline. That, I, I did see that. And you can like <laughs> upload massive images and do focal point and cropping and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a real... I just saw really, that, yeah. Really yeah. Fast. Uh, yeah. And what we also do is to, to analyze that like image data and uh, annotate the document with like the color palettes and all the dimensions and we give you uh, like a, a base 64 uh, low quality uh, image placeholder yeah the elk clip um, yeah so there's also a lot of stuff do you make source sets too what does it make uh, source sets like multiple yeah, versions you, you of the same image for whatever uh, dimension you want on the fly it will hmm. and your back end your back end is what takes care of doing yeah. the Resizing or what actually does the resizing? It's a it's a, it's a back end. So, so so we cheat a little. So so what happens is that we make a lot of <laughs> a lot of versions. That so whatever transform you want to do, there's also a close like a close dimension to it. Nice. And uh, we will generate it the first time, and every time after that, it's it's like the uh, cache cache it's thing there. Yeah. So it's kind of like we get ImageX for free along with this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, along with Sanity. And you can do stuff like really uh, you can uh, upload an SVG file and you can ask for the PNG version with a white background or mm. or whatever hacks you can you can find. So uh, so yeah. So it's kind of this is it's it's many of the small neat things that you sort of discover as, uh, along the way and that's what made me like f- f- uh, fell in love with this CMS thing uh, in the first place. Uh, it was like a fantastic like journey into the whole yeah. universe. So yeah. So but you know we're going to be winding it down. But before we do, I want to get into the the name. So where did Sanity come from? Did someone think that the the way everything worked already was just insane, and they felt that they needed to bring some sanity Isn't to all of kind this? Of or, or where did the name come from? <laughs> it's it's, it's something like that. Uh, it's. If I haven't been hyperbole already, uh, I would I would kind of suggest that this is the CMS that doesn't suck. <laughs> mm. I know some. I know a text editor that's going to sue you for stealing their slogan. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you know what text editor I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, I, sh- I should perhaps because I'm I'm saying this, so I have it. Some. It's from it's from BB Edit. It's from back yeah, in but the day. I still use BB Edit. Doesn't suck. Oh my yeah, god! Really? When when you are dealing with like. <laughs> If you like export ten thousand documents from Sanity, and you have this ND JSON right. file with ten thousand documents of JSON documents, right. you won't. Either you have to go into Vim. I'm I've tried many times to learn Vim, uh, never succeeded. So the other options is to go into BB Edit. BB Edit. Mm. Yeah. What about Sublime? Sublime is pretty efficient. Um, yeah, BB Edit has yeah, has some cool 
nifty things for uh, search and replace and extract and all that. Well, the reason I was asking about the name is, I, I, you know, I don't know, because it, when I was talking about it, I was saying insanity. Yeah. <laughs> like, insanity, insanity. I didn't know. I mean, maybe someone came up with it and they're like, I want people to talk about insanity whenever they say insanity. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but it's it's kind of insane sometimes, I, I guess. In a good way. Well, it's the it's the front end front end back end development world. Of course, it's insane, <laughs> right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. Well, Knut, thank you very much for coming on. I think that wraps it up for another episode of the DevMode.fm podcast. To have every episode delivered to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our RSS or subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at DevModeFM, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Just leave us a comment on the DevMode.fm website. For the DevMode.fm podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Lauren Dorman. I'm Patrick Harrington. And Knut, say your name. It's Knut Melvar. From Sanity.io. Thank you for coming Thanks on, Thanks for having sir. me. Playing guitar. <laughs> who, who is playing guitar? <laughs>